episode of the podcast we discuss ufc fight island i'm joined by three guests who you should be familiar with if you're a frequent listener to the podcast we discuss whether max holloway will regain his featherweight title whether jose aldo will become a doubleweight world champ whether there will be an additional fight added to the card no wisman and burns let's see what our panel thinks have a listen and enjoy Welcome to the podcast, gentlemen. Um, we have three recurring guests here as we preview UFC Fight Island. Alan, how's your day going? What's happening? Yeah, not too bad. Um, it's getting late here. We're actually in the Monday now, so um, it's been a long one. But uh, looking forward to, to joining you and discussing the upcoming uh, UFC 251. Yeah, and then David, uh, it's your second podcast with us. Tell me a bit about what's what's going on. Uh, nothing much. Having a very relaxed day. The sun's out. I'm in bed. Happy to be here. <laughs> happy to be in bed or happy to be in the podcast? <laughs> Both. <laughs> and Paul, uh, also a recurring guest of the podcast. How you doing? What's going on? Yeah, all good. Uh, like Alan said, we're in the Monday morning now, so I'm just sitting with a wee tin of monster to try and keep myself awake. <laughs> uh, apart from that, all good. Excellent, excellent. So, um, we're going to preview uh, Fight Island, and I'm quite surprised you're sitting with the Tin of Monster. I'd expect you to be sitting there with um, the bottle of Crown or something like that. Uh, McGregor's whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> so, or, uh, more appropriately, um, Masvidal's new drink, given what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, a celebration drink now he's got in the title fight after... <laughs> Many years in the sport. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be a celebration after the fight, but we'll, we'll discuss that. <laughs> um, that's the big news, isn't it, gentlemen? Um, is that Gilbert Burns is out and Mass Vidal is in? Paul, you're a massive Mass Vidal fan. What's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think in terms of the rankings and stuff, you know, Mass Vidal is one of them people who's liked without being a champion. And if you look at his record, it's it's not it's a bit like Diaz, isn't it? You know, he hasn't won loads and loads of fights. He's a lot of losses on his record. <coughs> arguably, probably one of the most wanted fighters that everyone wants to watch his fights. You know, he sells. Um, and again, that's that's maybe why he wasn't in the first place. The contract dispute with um, but I'm I'm over the moon now. He's got the chance. Do you think he's going in? I don't know, but I'm just glad to see him in there. Yeah. David, we, we talked about last time in the podcast a bit about Usman and Burns, and we were sort of a bit excited for it because we sort of thought, you know what, yeah. Burns Burns has just came off a fight, but he's ready, he's willing, he just wants to go again, let's give it to him, and it sort of just hasn't worked out for him. Um, did, did you see this change coming? With um, Obviously, whenever Burns pulled out, did you think it would be Masvidal, or do you think maybe a Covington, or do you think there wouldn't be much? Or Just give me some thoughts on the change and any thoughts you have on the fight. Um, no, I did. I didn't think it was gonna be Masvidal. To be honest, I thought they. I thought they would have gone with Covington again because they had such a good fight. That was a crazy fight. It went all five rounds, and then what? He got knocked out in the last one. Yeah. 
But, uh, but I mean, uh, Burns was just going through such good fights, and he just looked so good. I was never expecting him to go test positive for Corona. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, like, okay. the week off. <laughs> <laughs> like, that sucks. But, uh, but I, I'm excited because Masvidal, like, uh, um, he, does, he does have a lot of losses, but Masvidal definitely sells, and he hasn't, I don't think he's ever been knocked out. Yeah, I, I, I mean, dropped, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to this fight more now that it's Masvidal than I was with Burns, to be honest. But um, even still, like I think Paul said it about he's just an entertainer, he sells. And I think that's a yeah. big one, a big one for this card. Definitely, definitely. I'm just excited because I know I know Usman cracks hard, Masvidal cracks hard. And I mean, you saw it against Nate Diaz. Every time Nate Diaz would hit him, it didn't really fluster him, but every time he hit Nate Diaz, you could see, like, okay, this guy hits really hard. He's moving Nate Diaz back. He's, he's hurting him every time he puts his hands on him. Yeah. So now now I'm, I'm getting really excited. I started watching some old Usman fights, watching some old um, – all these guys. I've been, I even have some notes here, like weights and, and about the Peter Ryan because I didn't know too much about him. So I went and did a little research about him and some Volkanovski, and I'm just excited. Yeah. Yeah, it's going, to be, it's going to be a brilliant card. Yeah. And Alan, you, I'm not sure where you stand on the whole Masvidal thing, if you like him, if you don't like him, but give me some thoughts on this fight. And how do you see this fight going? No one's really made a prediction yet. So Alan, I'm going to I'm gonna pounce on you first. Hmm. Um, in terms of Masvidal, I think he's one of those ones that you kind of have to like. You know, he's been around so long. Um, he... Is great in press conferences. He gives soundbite after soundbite. Um, he's hard not to like, uh, especially lately when he's backing it up. Let's be honest, he's coming off one of the hottest years anyone's had in as long as I can remember in the UFC. Three massive wins. Um, in terms of the actual fight, I, I listened to, obviously, your podcast with David and heard his mention, Gilbert Burns, and yeah, I loved his attitude. He came off the back of destroying Woodley and just went give me the next one and I like that because so many people and understandably they're asking for more money they're asking for this that's how he's been you know what give me the title fight and um, against his mate Woodley's his friend you hear people oh, I don't want to fight him he's my mate he's my training partner now nah, let's do it or against Usman sorry and um, when it was called off I never thought the Covington fight would happen honestly um, two reasons one it was so tight the last time. Does Usman want to go into that without being properly prepared for, for what was up until the point of the stoppage, a, a razor-tight fight, which could have went either way? Probably not. And obviously, um, Covington with his issues with um, having left uh, his his gym, not really training with anyone, kind of doing setting his own things up a minute, I think that was maybe Covington just keeping himself relevant, getting his name back out there, getting people talking about him again. I couldn't see him going into this having obviously not been trained with anyone. He said himself he hasn't got a team around him at the minute. So if it was going to happen, Mass for that was, was the one it was going to be. But I I said he was texting you yesterday and said to you, I don't think they put anyone on there. Um, because it's already a massive card. There's already two title fights on there. Um, there's going to be no crowd. It's going to sell anyway with, with two big title fights and, and a big rematch on there. I didn't think they would go and, and put such a big fight on at such short notice but fair play to Maslow for stepping up um, it's the fight everyone wanted in the first place it's the fight that originally should have been happening um, 
we had to kind of go around the houses the long way around to get it, but we're here and I'm excited for it. Uh, yeah, it should be it should be good in terms of a winner. If this had been a fight that had been set up, both people have had a big camp and had time to prepare. I'm taking Usman all day, but you've seen recently how many times. Um, even going back to McGregor Diaz, Diaz stepped out of late notice, got the win. Um, the amount of late notice fighters that come in and, and pick up a win because they're preparing for someone else. You've seen it with Ferguson Gagey. Um, I very much think Ferguson there was preparing for a wrestler, a grappler, big ground game, winning against the guy who wants to stand and trade and probably cost him. Usman's in a similar position here. Gilbert Burns is a grappler, great wrestling background. Um, been preparing flat out for that and now he's going in against against the guy that wants to stand up and throw hands with you if this had been going down with a three month camp behind both of them and back in Usman all day I think Masvidal coming in he's always had Usman in his sights or Comington that's the two fights he wanted they're very similar Usman switching from a, gra- a grappler to, to a stand up fighter it's a bit of an equaliser I think Usman will still take it but it'll be a lot closer than, than it would have been any other time yeah I, I pretty much agree with that in terms of of the of the of the outcome anyway. Paul, have you any thoughts on on the outcome of that or anything Alan said there? Do you think maybe Masvidal does come in and do something here? I hundred percent agree with whatever everything Alan just said. Coming in, Usman's got the wrestling background, but then again against Covington, he showed he can stand up as well. You know, I think everyone thought that would have been a masterclass on the ground. Both fighters stood up. Gains um, for the whole five rounds. Looking back in that fight, yes, Suzman got the knockout, but I felt a wee bit sorry for Colin in that fight. You know, I thought Usman did a lot to change the pace of the fight. You know, when he said that Covington hit him a low blow, stopped the fight, the gates in the eye. You know, he was very smart in that fight. When whenever I felt Covington was getting on top of him, and just going by the rumours by what you read and stuff online with Covington and Masvidal being training partners for so long it always seemed that Covington got the better of Masvidal so in terms of this fight I think I'm going to have to go for Usman but again you see what he did against the likes of Ben Askren Darren Till got knocked down against Darren Till and got up and that KO was insane <coughs> but then again against the wrestler Damian Maia, he just kept taking him down. So I think Usman wins, but unfortunately I can see it being a bit of a boring fight. I hope I'm wrong, but I can see Usman just wrestling him and taking it to the ground as much as he can and not wanting to exchange with Masvidal because, as uh, David said earlier, you see what he did with Diaz. He was busting him up. You tell he, he throws a lot of velocity, a lot of power behind his shots. So I think... Usman's a smart fighter. He'll take it to the ground and he'll get the win. Yeah. David, you're th- we're three for three here, all in favour of Usman so far. Any difference in I your know. opinion? I think I'm going to have to throw in a wild card. I think Masvidal might come up with an upset just because, yes, uh, Usman does fight very smart. Yes, Usman does have a wrestling background. And I think Usman has the better cardio, but I like an underdog. I always go for the underdog. Uh, uh, Masvidal is currently the underdog, even in the betting. I think he, I think Usman is like a negative three hundred or something like that, or a negative two forty. 
Um, but I think Masvidal is way f- is flashy and he t- he's, he's willing to take risks. And they sometimes those risks paid off. I mean, they paid off when he knocked out uh, Till. Paid off when he did that little switch stance. They paid off when he did that flying knee. Yeah. I have a couple points here. I think I don't know who hits harder. I'm I'm guessing Usman might hit harder. Usman does have the better uh, cardio. I haven't seen uh, Masvidal go five rounds in the last three fights. So we don't know how, how tired he's going to get. He does throw very hard. Um, but like I said, he takes chances. And I think Usman wants to... I think Usman, like all these fights, he's just been like trying to prove his stand-up, that his stand-up is the best. And I think he wants to be a fighter that's fighting stand-up. He doesn't want to go back onto his wrestling. So I think for him to go back and, and attack his wrestling, he's going to test the waters first. And he's going to stand a bit with Masvidal, throw some punches, get to get his hands on him. And then see if Masvidal starts lighting him up, then uh, then he will resort back to the ground. That's what I'm hoping for, because then at least we get to see a little bit of a war on the feet. Because I think once it goes to the ground, I don't think I don't think Masvidal is going to have much for him there. I think Usman is the I think Usman is the overall stronger guy out of both of them with the better cardio. So he's going to be able to wrestle for longer without getting tired. He's got way more muscle too, though. So then that comes into effect of if he he hasn't wrestled in these last couple uh, in these last two fights, he's just been doing stand up. And when you do wrestling, you're going to get more tired. And without carrying all that muscle, you're going to use more oxygen in your body. So I'm just hoping Masvidal starts throwing some crazy stuff. And if Usman starts taking him down, maybe he catches him going going for his legs with a flying knee. Who knows? But I'm going I'm going I'm going KO Masvidal KOs Usman. Big, big shout. There's another, a quick question for you guys before we move on to the next fight. Do you think the fight with Masvidal and Nate Diaz blew up? Also the, the KO with Askren, but I'm talking specifically about the, the Diaz fight. Do you think that blew up a bit of Masvidal's reputation, his his ego, all that sort of stuff, whenever they made that belt, whenever they even had like The Rock come out and present the belt, there was a bit of a media circus, really, for for a fella who is middle-of-the-road welterweight, but a brilliant fighter, and everyone loves watching him, and Nate Diaz, and Masvidal, who's sort of fluctuating in those sort of top rankings towards the middle rankings. Do you think that had any sort of effect on pushing Masvidal for a title fight? Paul, let's go with you first. Yeah, well, you've got to look at it in the sense... The business sense, you know, unfortunately the UFC is not like the WWE where they can push fighters, fan favourites. The the BMF belt was because it, it was two fans' favourite. They made a big show and dance of it. They're bringing obviously a WWE superstar, uh, The Rock, into it. But you've got to look as well. I think I think Masvidal hit the headlines when he fought Darren Till. But it wasn't for his knockout at Darren Till. It was for what he did afterwards with, I think it was Leon Edwards yeah. backstage. But he gave him the three-piece. And then that got the ball rolling. And Askren was there. Askren was there for Till. He wasn't, I don't even think he thought uh, Masvidal would win that fight. And then when Masvidal won, obviously the exchange, everyone thought it was going to be Leon Edwards. And then you got the Askren fight which was a freak fight. I don't think we'll see that ever again. 
Yeah, really was and a freak then, fight. I mean, the reputation Oscar and came in with, you sort of thought he was just going to wrestle everybody and throw everyone about the place, you know, until he got a yeah. title fight. But he was lucky in his first fight, you know, with Robbie Lawler. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. I think he got knocked out, but then he got knocked back in. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. So, in terms of Masvidal, I think, I think his ego's getting a bit to him now. You know, you've seen him after he beat uh, Diaz. He was dressed up as Tony Montana, I think, with the white suit on. Then he, yeah. he came to watch a McGregor fight, and as what McGregor called it, his house coat with <laughs> the belt. You know, he was holding the belt. Yeah. And you know, to me, someone who comes from a like a street fighting, you know, he came from Kimball's like outdoor fighting. It's, it's he's sort of doing what Cobbing did. Done. He's playing a character now. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's he's trying to spin a money fight, really. What, yeah. It's taken away from what the fans loved about him. He's playing this character where he's cocky and arguing with the belt and watching on, you know. But again, I think he deserves it. You know, if you look at his last six fights, you think he's fought Wonder Boy, although he got beat by Wonder Boy. Obviously, his Astra until Diaz, he beat Cerrone, who's a big name. This is his 49th fight. His 49th fight, and this is his title fight. Yeah, you can't really call a BMF obviously a title fight, but you know this is his first ever title fight. Yeah, and to me that says a lot for what he's done in the last year and how he's he's made this character. You know, a bit like Covington, you make make a character in the UFC and you go to the top. The champions aren't really the fan favorites anymore. You don't tune in to watch the champions, really. Yeah, you know if you look at the three biggest names: McGregor, Diaz, and Masvidal. I mean, it, it definitely played a, a role, David. Do you think it's played any particular role? You know, that BMF title and the sort of media circus that sort of uh, came <laughs> alongside that. Do you think that's played any role in really pushing Masvidal into that title forefront picture? Or do you think he was sort of getting there anyway? Um, no, I definitely think it played a role. I think after he after he knocked out Ben Askren and then they made this whole fattest motherfucker on the planet, it's, I think it, it comes back because... Nate Diaz always been a scrapper, and then they went back and looked at Nate, and they look went back and looked at Masvidal and said, "Oh, he comes from that Kimbo Slice street fighting." And then they're like, "These two are just bad guys." And I agree with what Paul's saying, where he did create this character because before he said it before that he's not a guy who talks shit. He doesn't talk shit. He just goes to the ring and and he does his fighting in the ring, kind of like what GSP used to say. But now he is doing this whole character thing where he's he is he's being a little cocky. He is doing like the Conor McGregor thing, but I don't think that's, I don't think that's Conor McGregor playing a character. I just think that's who he is. And I just think he's just that, he's just that guy. It, it works. Like, look at Covington. Look at, look at Masvidal. They've both, they, like, everyone's talking about him. And him, him, him fighting the way he fought Nate Diaz, it just shows like, hey, yeah, well, this guy, he is, he is talking, but look at it, look at what he's done. He knocked out Ben Askren faster than anyone was, wasn't that the fastest knockout? First, first knee, yeah, yeah, and then threw, yeah. and then threw in some punches after just to like, oh, just to you know, <laughs> yeah, like that, that, like what do you say? When you see someone do that, you're like, that's a bad motherfucker right there, yeah. <laughs> right? So, so yeah, I definitely do think I, I agree with you, Paul. Definitely do think he's playing, he's playing a character. I definitely do think he deserves it. Um, if anything, if anything that this guy has, it's heart. He has gone up against some tough guys, and he has he has lost fighting Wonderboy, and and losing Wonderboy being one of the weirdest, uh, most awkward fighters playing that karate stance and coming in and coming out and fighting you sideways. 
and stuff like that. But um, I just I feel like it's time, and I feel like I feel like he's gonna put on a show. Hopefully, fingers crossed. That'll be a good fight. Alan, any closing thoughts on this before we wrap up and move on to the next one? Probably yeah. The very fact that you're talking about Masvidal putting this character together to finally get his title shot shows that Masvidal's smart. He, he knows the business. And there's two ways of coming at this. He's obviously been preparing for either Covington or Usman or maybe Woodley, depending on how things went. All very similar fighters, all with a big wrestling background. Um, has Masvidal been off? He's he has a history of going away and reassessing things. Um, pretty random. I, I like when things kind of dovetail together, and this fight dovetails together in a very strange way. Masvidal came back to, he was obviously fighting lightweight, came back to welterweight the night that Usman made his name in UFC. Usman won the Ultimate Fighter uh, top team against Black Zillions. That was the same night that Usman won that, was the night that Masvidal came back to welterweight. They've both had 10 fights since then, and now here they are fighting for the title. But in that time, Masvidal has stepped away a couple of times, took breaks after he got beat by Damian Maia and, and uh, Wonderboy took over a year off and, and reassessed his whole thing. Has he done that in this last, what is it, eight months since the Diaz fight where he knew he's going against one of these two people? Has he been preparing this whole time to now come in, having busted his ass for the last eight months? Or is it on the flip side? He's had a few things going on outside of UFC now. Has his attention been taken away a little bit? Like with McGregor before the, the Khabib fight, he says himself, whether it is or not, he says he was distracted by the other things he had going on, his, his whiskey and most of the Masvidal's been doing a lot of TV shows. He's brought out his own alcoholic drink of some description. There's the flip side of, has he just been taking time away to do other things and took his eye off the ball a little bit after a big year last year? Um, if that's the case and he's come in here and just thought, you know what, we'll take the money and cut with but he will still have the excuse in the background. Masvidal has that, that joker in the back pocket. He goes, like, oh, the guy took that fight on 10 days' notice. It'll be a difference. To, if he comes out the first round, puts on a good show and gasses out in the second round, as I think will probably happen, um, maybe not gas out, but the, but Usman take over, he just simply comes back with, look, I took it on 10 days' notice. I didn't have a camp, whether he did or not. We're, no one else is going to know. He could have been training for the last eight months for this fight, and no one knows, apart from himself. He can still just turn around... On, on the Sunday afterwards and say look I took it 10 days give me a proper camp for, for a proper fight next time round and and he's going to get it because as has been touched on he sells he's popular he has that excuse and, and Dana's going to have that in the back pocket that like, we can play off this and, and bring him back um, so it depends which master has been for the last 8 months it, it could be a it could be a master stroke on his point or it could just be uh, hey the chips have fallen in the right place at the right time yeah. But that, with that being said, I like when things align. Masvidal's been 49 fights. Kind of him and Usman have been on this kind of their path, started up the same way to this fight and took different directions. Could the stars be aligning for for him to finally get his build? A bit like things did. Thinking back to Michael Bisping was a massive underdog against Luke Rockhold. Came in, kind of out of nowhere, shocked the world. Um, I've talked myself out of out of it, and I'm going for a Masvidal win now. <laughs> so we got we got two for two on uh, Masvidal and uh, Usman. So that's an interesting uh, one. Is the belt? Do you think the BMF belt's going to be on the line? No, I think no, that's I think that's a gimmick belt, just a one-off to sell one show. I think anyway. 
You could be sure that Matt Farrell's going to cart it to the ring with him, though. He's going to bring that down. It's going to be at the press conferences, and he's going to big that up. Yeah. Um, um, uh, moving on to a fight. The last time these two fought, I, I genuinely thought someone was about to die. Jessica Andrade and Thug Rose. Um, the last time these two fought was that Andrade dropped Rose on her head. It looked like one of the sickest things I've ever seen in my life. This is an interesting, a very interesting rematch. David, I'll start with you. Jessica Andrade, Thug Rose, give me some thoughts and a prediction of what's going to go down in this one. I think Rose this whole time has been probably fixing up her neck because we all think, uh, well, at least I think she broke her neck when she got dropped on it. <laughs> uh, but I, th- I think she was, I think she was winning that fight. Rose has great stand-up. I don't know. I don't know much about her her background on the ground. If she has a background of wrestling, but her her stand up is way better. So I think she's gone back. She's looked at what's going on. She said, "Okay, I'm gonna have to st- I'm gonna have to keep this girl away from me. She's a powerhouse. She's a little pit bull. She's gonna try to come and slam me over here. So, so I'm gonna keep my distance and piece her up. And hopefully, she's worked on her ground a bit just to be able to get away from her and escape because she's really strong. She's really thick. She looks kind of like a dude a little bit." Um, yeah, she, like, can't let her get a hold of you, because if you let her get a hold of you, she's going to take you to the ground, and on Tuck's side, I'm, th- I'm thinking she's worked on some, some stand-up, because if you guys saw the fight, she was getting, like, pieced up a lot, she's just, she's just trying to win those overhand rights and, and hope one lands, but uh, I think Rose is going to take it, TKO. Thanks, right. Alan, any thoughts on Andrade and Rose, on a prediction? Yeah. I, I like Andrade. I've liked her ever since she fought um, Joanna for the title, and, and she just kept coming. Joanna picked her off all night long, uh, pummeled her, and she just did not stop. She is a strong woman. She's short. She's stocky. She has a lot of strength, um, as evident by the fact that she... Paul brought up WD earlier on. It was like the big show slamming someone into the ring. Like She absolutely nailed Rose. I think she was getting beat before that. I think it kind of came out of nowhere. Rose was kind of on on cruise control a little bit, just picking her way to a nice, comfortable victory, and suddenly she's waking up in hospital, like not knowing where she is. I I I think Rose wins mainly because of the fact that I think she's been in the last fight. I think she's a better all-round fighter. You don't beat Joanna twice with, with like being a top-level fighter, and, and Andrade obviously won the title on that with what I think was a bit of a fluke um, and then got destroyed the next fight so he took a proper beating off um, I can't pronounce her Zang. name Zang. current champion <laughs> yeah so I think Rose comes out to this time she's a bit more um, wary of Andrade's strengths and, and takes the win but she hasn't fought since since that Andrade fight yeah she, that was, that was, that was in May up. May 2019 Al was that when that fight was and she proper got rocked. She's not been beat the gap before. I think she's a couple of points losses and a, and a submission defeat um, in the first strawweight title fight. Uh, but other than that, she, she's not been KO'd like that. And, and that can play... You've seen so many... I'm a big boxing fan. Um, you see so many boxers who, who get knocked out and aren't the same fighter. She's obviously had losses other than that, as is Andrade, but she's shown she can come back from big defeats. She'd been knocked out before. She's shown she can come back from them. So will that... I think if Rose is in the right place mentally, if that 
KO in the last fight isn't playing on her mind and she is at the top of her game and we see the Rose that, that knocked off Joanna twice, I think she wins this quite comfortably. But if that's a little bit of doubts in there, um, in any sport you play, I know we play football and I'm sure um, David with his volleyball and stuff, if there's any sort of doubt in your mind, that's going to eat away at you and it could cost her. But um, I'm banking on Rose being at her top and and picking up where she left off before she got dropped on her head the last time and, and picking up a, a unanimous decision victory over the over the five rounds, the yeah. three rounds, sorry. Um, a bit of background on this one. Andrade has a jiu-jitsu and judo background. She's a black belt in jiu-jitsu and a very highly trained in judo. I don't know what level she got to in judo, but it's quite high from what I read. Rose is an elite-level kickboxer, and she done basic basic wrestling in school she's a wrestler as well so i think these sort of styles it it is really a clash of styles as well and i agree with what both of you have said that if rose keeps this on her feet avoids being caught with some sort of grapple i think she just cuts her up for a couple of rounds and at the end of the night you see a very bloody beaten up andrade waiting as rose gets her hand raised paul any thoughts on this one oh i think i'm touched most of it there um just in terms of the last fight, like I thought Rose dominated the fight. Uh, she stayed behind the jab, landed a couple of great hooks. For a while, I thought Andrade was going to be knocked out. And then, again, a moment of madness, she gets lifted up and slammed on her head. If you want to win a fight, you know, that's the way to do it. But like I say, I think Rose is the better all-round fighter. She's won... Surprisingly, she's won a lot by submission, and I think I think that last fight, you know, she was in control. Like a moment of madness, she got completely knocked out. So I think it's a mental thing for her going into this fight. It's a bit, it's a bit like Aldo after the McGregor knockout. How, how do you bounce back from it? Um, well, if if I had to pick one, I'm going for Rose. Um, and I think she's going to knock her out. Big shouts with four for Rose on that one, so very, very consistent. And who we think is going to win this one? You mentioned Jose Aldo, let's stick with Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo's got to fight to try and become a double weight world champion. David, Jose Aldo, Peter Yan, who have you got? Oh, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. So, I think, uh, okay, Jose Aldo, let's start with Jose Aldo. <laughs> Jose Aldo is probably some of the strongest kicks. He hasn't. He hasn't showed up. He hasn't showed them off. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know if he's afraid to be taken down. Joe Rogan keeps saying, "Oh, why doesn't? Why doesn't this guy? Why haven't we? Why haven't we seen him throw any kicks? Is he injured? Is he babying an injury? Blah blah blah." Okay. Jose Aldo has this thing where where when he when he starts getting tagged, he starts to just like lull and like and like just really fake you and and just throwing a lot of feints, but but he doesn't. He's not sending off any shots. He's afraid of getting caught. I think he's. I think he's afraid of a Conor McGregor reenaction and getting KO'd and blocked out. And then I see if he gets if he gets caught doing that, I think Jan is way too way too powerful with his punches because he's this guy hits hard. Yeah. And this guy's this guy's really fast. Yeah, he was an amateur boxer uh, for eight years, I read. And so if, if Aldo hesitates no and, and Jan just unloads on him, like it could be a bad bad night. Exactly what I'm saying. Exactly what I'm saying. So I'm, what I'm hoping is Jose Aldo comes in and he. And we finally see those leg kicks come back, and he starts firing some of those off, and just gets just gets comfortable in there. Because when he was 
when he was fighting this other, what's his name? Um, the, the guy he just fought, the other Brazilian guy. The guy who Marais? just lost the... Uh, Marais? Marlon Marais? Yes. Yeah, Marlon Marais. You can see, like, when Marlon Marais would land, then he, then he, then Aldo would kind of, would slow down a bit and just kind of lull and start, and start sending off feints. And then that's when Marais can tag him up a little bit more. But when he's more comfortable, he, he starts throwing off shots. And when he can get you hurt, yeah, he, he swarms you. But he just has to get out of his own head and just uh, and just let the shots the shots flow because that's I know that's what Jan's gonna be doing. Jan's just Jan's, Jan's not gonna think; he's just gonna throw. So I think sadly to say, but I think man, Jose Aldo being what what is he thirty three? Jan's is twenty seven. I think uh, Jan's is gonna knock him out in third round. <coughs> Yeah, I, I'm predicting a Jan victory here by KO. I just think there's too he's too much about him. Really random fact for you, it, he's actually a qualified PE teacher. I just find that quite funny. But, um, oh, really? Yeah, I, I read that this week and I thought it was quite funny. I'm like, here you've got this UFC fighter step in who's qualified to go in and teach a PE class in high school. So I just thought that was sort of oh, weird. Those kids must be scared. <laughs> they probably never say no. Um, <laughs> Work for him. I know. So we've got we've got two for for Yad so far, Paul. Make up three. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for an early knockout. The first of the second round. Like just touching on what you were saying, Darren, about his boxing background. Yad's a master. Uh, has a master of sport and boxing. And I was I was looking into it earlier and. That means he's had to have had over 250 fights. And that is scary. Like, you know, if you look at his UFC record, he's only, he's knocked out six and he's won one by submission. Personally, I think Aldo's lucky to even get this fight. You know, I think Aldo's name came back with Henry Cejudo calling him out. Henry was on that bit of an ego trip. He wanted the to add names to the, his growing list of legends who he's beat and I think he wanted Aldo won it and that was the only reason that Aldo has got this fight going into the fight Aldo has the experience Aldo's not been the same after Al McGregor like David said after Al McGregor KO he's just not looked the same and dropping down what is it 10 10 pounds he's lost to, yeah. for this weight class One, 134 so what he used to fight at 145. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's a lot. That's a hard way to cut too. Yeah, and and he's all muscular too. So yeah, he he, he doesn't look the same. Sure, he doesn't. You know, from the Aldo you've seen, he was always muscles, and it was all about power with him. And to me, I don't think he's going to have that power in this weight class. So I think Jan is, and if you watch Jan's fights, he he walks he walks his opponents down. You know, and he waits for you to throw. So I'm going to go for a Jan early, first to the second round. Three for Jan so far, Alan. Are you going to be? That, that's you, my better than eight. Sorry. That better than eight. Better than eight. First round, Jan knockout. Second round, first two rounds, early knockout. <laughs> Alan, what do you think? With, with three for Jan here, you going to be any different, or are you sticking with? Are you sticking with the favourite? And I'd like to be able to say no, but. I really can't. Aldo, f- for before we go any further, yes, Aldo is lucky to have this. I also think Jan is a little bit as well. Now, Jan only has one defeat 
in his career, and he got that back um, against a guy called Magomed Magademov, who who beat him like four or five years ago. But then he got it back like a year later. So he's beat everyone that he's fought. But I, I don't think I've seen anyone coming in to a title fight on a worse winning run. If that makes sense, like he's winning, but who's he really beaten? His last three fights, they've got them. He beat John Dodson, coming in off the back of a loss. And he had just been beat by Jimmy Rivera, who then Yam fought in his next fight, who was coming in off the back of a defeat to the man who should be fighting for, for the title, in my opinion, in Sterling, who must be sitting there thinking, what have I got to do to get a title fight? Yam beat Rivera, and then a 41-year-old Uriah Faber um, beget this fight, whereas <laughs> I beat Rivera first. I beat, he beat um, who did he beat not in his last fight he beat Pedro Munoz and then he absolutely smoked Corey Sandigan in his last fight who was ranked number 4 who was ranked above Jan and Aldo before that fight and he smoked him too you have Marlon Marais sitting number 1 in the rankings okay it was a debatable win against Aldo but it was a win all the same so Paul's absolutely right Aldo's only in this because Henry Cejudo wanted to make some money and take out the, the king of Brazil, as he calls himself. I don't really know how Jan's got the fight. He's got lots of wins under his belt, but he hasn't got that big name. Really. He hasn't got a top five guy on his record. It's just the number it, of sheer number of wins, I think. It's not nine in a row, I think. Something along those lines. I think it's just the sheer number of wins has put him in here. It's a weird step to get a title fight with no top five wins when you've got two other people in Marias and, and Stern who have multiple top five wins. But that being said, I'm still excited for the fight. I think it'll be good. It's probably watering down the title a bit. I think whoever wins it is probably just going to hold it for one fight and get beat by the Marias or Sterling. Whoever gets the fight next will take the might. But I, I think Jan does come out and win. He is relentless. Um, he, per your favour, came in feeling top of the world after coming back after all that time out, getting his win. I think that's another thing. Jan's got the the other end of the Aldo fight they obviously wanted Giraffe Faber to have his moment of glory get his title fight and he was told if you win this fight against Jan you'll get a title shot when Jan beat him they kind of when Jan destroyed him they kind of had to give it to him so yeah I think I think we go quite similar I'll go a little bit later than Paul I think Jan breaks him down I think the weight cut really comes back to haunt Aldo here he fought at failure for so long in any sport I tell you the older you get the harder it is to cut weight and he's going further down. He didn't make the the previous weight cut easy. I don't think he made the cut the featherweight easy. And now he's cutting down even further. If you see the pictures of Aldo when he's cutting weight, he looks like he is absolutely at death's door. I think that comes back to haunt him. He struggles later on. And Jan, who is relentless and seems to be fit as a fiddle, breaks him down late in the fight and probably stops him round four I'm going to go with Jan Stoppage um, although he hasn't got an awful lot of knockouts on his record I think he just wear. I think it's more just wearing him down and Aldo getting a, a mercy stoppage here more than anything else we're seeing quite similar here in our predictions so far apart from the Masvidal and Usman fight we've been very very clear on who we think is going to win we're just going to go to the fight that'll probably open the show probably a bit of a a unique fight um, personal favourite of mine Paige Van Zandt versus Rebus David, any thoughts on this fight? Do you think it'll be a bit of a, a straight-up fight, or do you think there'll be a bit more to this one? No, you're going to have to help me out a lot here, because uh, I don't know much about these girls. All I know is Amanda Rebus has won her last three 
two of them by decision, all gone the distance. Her, her, one of them was submission. I don't know much about Paige Van Zandt. Like she's a cutie. <laughs> Um, I, think, I honestly think that's why Paige Van Zandt gets on the card a lot to be perfectly honest because her record isn't great she sort of oh. like for every win she's had a loss as well but um, <laughs> she seems to be quite I mean, the ambassador for the UFC like so yeah I mean Amanda Rivas is what she's 9-1 and one, Paige Van Zandt's 8-4 and four. I hope she's not I hope Amanda Rivas is not much of a stand up because I don't really want Paige Van Zandt to get punched in the face <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, well, Van Zandt loves the stand-up. I mean, she's what she likes getting in close, throwing elbows, boxing, things like that. Um, Rebus is a black belt in jiu-jitsu and judo, so I think Rebus wants to get her down, wants to beat her up, and Van Zandt will want to throw punches, throw elbows. So that'll probably be a bit of a takedown defense versus. Does Van Zandt have any ground? Not that I know of. I mean, I'm sure she has some sort of ability, but whenever I was looking her, looking up all her different stats and stuff, it was very much into the boxing and the elbow strikes and sort of the, like oh, the dirty okay. boxing style. Okay, nice and in, in close. Yeah. I mean, okay. Paige Van Zandt, you know, UFC fighter, Dancing with the Stars. She's appeared on the cooking show Chops. She writes books. I mean, she seems to have a lot going on all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I do fancy Rebus here myself personally. I think that'll be a tight fight. Yeah. Alan, you any thoughts on either in this one? Um, yeah, Paige, you can't really not like her. You know, she's she's a good-looking girl. Um, she's fun too. I don't know if you have her on Instagram, but she's she seems quite fun and quirky on there. I solely follow her Instagram for her fun and quirkiness, nothing else. Um, but she's <laughs> like for all her, she kind of gets pigeonholed as this good-looking like all-american girl you know blonde hair blue eyes good looking but she is tough as nails um was it jessica rose clark she fought and she broke her arm in the th- first round yeah that's right she, had a, she, she met a plate straight, in there now yeah she fought straight through um strangely for yeah she is more of a stand-up girl but she's more wins by submission than she does by by knockout she had an armbar win in their last fight and um, admittedly like over a year ago uh, she's taken a lot of time out rebass I only really got the no rebass because I think they tried to feed her to the next big thing in Mackenzie Dern and it backfired and she beat the brakes off Mackenzie Dern. She fought on that, the, she's used to this no fans thing as well because she fought on the first card just before the whole lockdown, the whole quarantine thing in Brazil, the Lee Oliveira card. She fought on there and got another one as well. She's um, already taken out one of his favourites in Mackenzie Dern um, where she was kind of put in there to, to be the sacrificial lamb this fight was supposed to happen that night Rebass fought I'm not really sure who she fought instead but I just remember she was on that car because this fight was supposed to happen and Fantana had the play because she was getting that plate put in I think Rebass is the real deal I think she wins this fight I think this is probably Paige's last fight in the UFC she's talked very much before this fight how she makes more she made more on Dancing the Stars than she has in all of her UFC fights combined. So I think she's probably just working down her contract um, and just getting them out there. She enjoys fighting, but why would she go out there, get beat up when she can make so much more money other places? You touched on it. She makes the UFC money. She's a big draw for sponsors, so that's why she gets the main card fights. But I think this is probably the last time we see her in her main card. I think Rebass picked up the win. I think she goes on, and it really wouldn't surprise me if in the next 12 months we've seen her in with 
maybe not the winner, but definitely the loser of the of the Rose Andrade fight. Um, I think that she's on a, a collision course to start facing some of them in the next 12 months, and she, she'll she'll give them run for the money based on what I've seen of her so far. Yeah, a very random fact. Did you, does do any of you know why Paige Van Zandt started MMA? I've heard this story, but I can't remember. I think you told me this after actually your whole uh, running with Paige when she beat you up a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, I think you told me this story. It was good. Yeah, mate. I was a, I was a punching bag for a UFC fighter, and I was absolutely <laughs> delighted about it. Um, <laughs> just want to get over to talk about that a little bit on the podcast for all your fans. <laughs> it was actually quite funny because you signed um, my passport, and when I was going through customs the last time I was over home. They um they seen it and sort of looked at it as if what's that and I said like, oh just just a stamp and the guy just flicked it on, um she was doing autographs and I had nothing with me I didn't realize she was doing autographs I thought it was just we got a we got a picture with her type thing and she was doing autographs and I didn't the only thing I had with me was my ID which is the passport and I just said look just sign a page, um but she actually started MMA just uh, right at the end of high school because she was raped at a party by a couple of, by three guys I think. I think it was two or three guys and she said she never wants to be in a position where she can't defend herself and she's a bit of a late bloomer when she started MMA around 16 and I think it was 21 she was in the UFC so I mean she's made some moves um, to go to learn and to get in the card that quickly and I just thought that was pretty pretty interesting um, Paul any thoughts on this one? going to be honest not really it's not a fight that I'm interested in Again, you look at Paige, and I'm thinking more of her other work than. And I'm not saying that she's not a, a good fighter, but I don't know much about it either, so I'm going to go for a Paige win. <laughs> there we go. With one Paige win, and three for Rebus. Well, I hope she doesn't get hit, though, at all. <laughs> Just let them take each other down, play about in the ground a bit. Please, get all the males and some females watching at home. And then end the fight in the first round. I'll do me lovely. This <laughs> <laughs> took a strange turn. It did very strange. Um, Paul, or we'll st- I'm going to stick with you here. I'm going to move on to what probably, in my opinion, could be the fight of the night: Holloway versus Volkanovski or Volkan. How do you say that, Alan? You're, you've got it down to a T here. <laughs> I'm probably going to say it, and then someone's going to message me like that guy's absolutely butchered that name. But I'm pretty certain it's Volkanovski. Um, and I'm going to stick with that till he himself tells me otherwise. <laughs> um, probably, probably fight of the night in my opinion, especially looking at it in terms of the, the fight on paper. Paul, any thoughts? Holloway, I know you're a fan of Holloway. Yeah, again, like yourself, I think this is definitely going to be fight of the night. I'm looking back at the last fight, it, it was insane, unbelievable. Holloway has such a chin on him. If you look at some of the fighters, Holloway's been in there. Twice with Dustin Poirier, McGregor, Aldo, um, Alexander, the last fight. You know, he takes some shots and he just, he keeps coming forward. Yeah. I felt in the last fight, though, he likes to control the pace, I feel. You know, he's a bit like Diaz. The first two rounds, he, he feeds you out, you know, he gets his, his range and stuff. Volkanovski. Is that right, Al? <laughs> Alexander, um, he came in with a game plan and it worked brilliant. You know, he, he chopped away at his legs to stop Holloway moving as much. And weirdly, I thought it would have went to the ground more. With Volkanovski's you know, rugby background, you know, I thought he would have took him down a lot more, controlled it in the ground. But you know, he stood up in exchange and 
you know, you, you've got to look at Alexander Volkanovsky's last three, the last three people he's fought, you know, Holloway, Aldo and Mendes, they're three big names and he's beat them all. Albeit he beat Aldo and uh, Holloway by decision, but I would love Holloway to win this one, but I think going into it, I don't know if you've been listening to the build-up in his interviews, He's, his training camp, to me, hasn't been that great. He hasn't sparred. And after the last fight, I thought, you know, surely you'd be in there sparring, trying to find holes, trying to stop them leg kicks, creating angles to land shots. I think Holloway will come at him early this time. I don't think he'll let Hopinowski set the pace. It's an interesting fight. You know, I think it could go either way. But just on the, the fact Holloway's camp, to me, doesn't seem, with everything going on, which is understandable, I think Holloway's coming in a bit of a disadvantage, so I'm going to go Volkanovski for this one. Yeah, I mean, you look at Holloway's record, after he lost to Connor, he went 13-0, and which is incredible, and then he stepped up to that lightweight title fight with Poirier. And it was probably a bit of a bad decision, given the timing of everything. He lost yeah. that one, and then he went to an absolute war. War that sort of times overlooked with Brian Ortega. And they traded shots. And then right after that war, he's went into another one with Volkanovski. So I think... Frank Yeager in there between, you know. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, Ortega was before Dustin. You're right. And then the Edgar was in the middle. Um, who again, yeah, he, he's had four big fights in a row. Uh, four tough fights. So I think... Could be at that stage too, a bit of burnout, you know what I mean, a bit of fatigue. David, you're you would be a fan of both these guys, would I be right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely a big fan of Holloway. Volkanovsky, you know, we're the same height, so big fan of his. <laughs> this uh, fun fact, he used to weigh like two hundred and fifteen pounds. I think he's I think he's Aussie or Yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I think he's an Aussie, right? Yeah, so yeah. he's five five, two hundred and fifteen. That's heavy, guys. That's really heavy. Rugby player, so I'm guessing this guy spent some time in the gym. Guessing he's really strong, and if you cut that weight nice and slowly, like all that strength is still going to be there. So, being a stocky guy, being a strong guy, Volkanovski. I mean, I, I I'm surprised he didn't take Holloway down. I'm, I'm I'm guessing he's way stronger than Holloway, but. Like he showed in all his other fights, he's great. he has really good stand-up. He has really those powerful leg kicks he's throwing, and Holloway, Holloway's a brawler. Seems like he gets pissed off and he stands in the center of the ring. He's like, "All right, let's trade shots, let's trade shots." But he's a skinny guy. I mean, he's five nine, fighting at one forty-five, which is you know it's not bad. He he's still cutting weight, but he's a lot skinnier than Volkanovski, sitting four inches shorter than him. And I think I think if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I think Volkanovski has a longer reach. Alan might be the stat man for that. Alan, any thoughts on the, st- the reach? Um, You're stat man. Stat man, Alan. I think he does. I'm nearly yeah, certain he, he has a couple of inches on him. Um, Volkanovski has a, re- for being so short, has a really like freakishly long reach for his height. So I think he does just by, by a couple of inches, yeah. And he's fast. He's like, he's not slow. Like, <coughs> Being, being shorter and, you know, being a thicker guy, you would think he'd be the slower guy, but he's usually not. When he fought Aldo, he looked fast to me, guys. And uh, uh, this is a hard one to call. Like, like looking, hearing what you guys are all saying, and yeah, Max Holloway, 
beating Aldo twice back when he was Aldo and then, you know, going and fighting Brian Ortega. But you could see when, when Max Holloway would hit Ortega, Ortega took a beating in that fight for sure. But you could see when Max Holloway would hit Ortega, Ortega would just kind of stand there and take it. And then when Ortega would land even a jab, it would it would, it would whip back Holloway's head. So it's, he's, a, he's a tough guy. He's got a lot of heart. And I, I'm, I'm afraid to say it, but I feel like what we got on our hands is another is another Justin Gaethje, um, uh, Tony Ferguson fight. So I'm I'm going Volkanovski's going to take him the distance, and uh, someone's going to throw in the towel. Max Holloway taking a beating. It's a big shite, big big shite. I mean, he's yet no as well in the UFC Volkanovski, and I think that's sometimes you know glossed over because of how good the fight was against Holloway. We seem to forget his record. And eight and zero is yeah. not not to be sniffed at, you know what I mean? Like he is he is beating boys up, and he's just rank, you know, he's moved his way through the rankings and quite quite easily. Let's put it that way. I know it was a bit of a war, but it was a clear winner. I thought in the first fight. Yeah. Alan, I know you're not you you're you're sort of harboring some grudges, are you, towards Max Holloway? Al? Not necessarily grudges. I'm a I, I really like Max Holloway. I like I'm a fan, but. I'm just not liking what I'm hearing coming from before this. I hate hearing fighters making excuses before the fights even happened. You know, let's be honest, the world's in a strange place. Nobody has their usual training camp at the minute. Nobody's kind of doing things perfectly. You've seen Darren Till. Um, I don't know if you've seen Darren Till, but on Instagram, he's great crack. Um, he's on saying, look, we should just go and... Um, he talked to Whitaker about it, was like, let's just go chug some beers, eat some pizza, and just don't even do weigh-ins, just come in for the fight and fight at whatever we weigh, and just just beat each other up. Forget the camps, forget all sort of stuff. That would be a fun way to do things. Obviously, they're having a bit more technical than that, but no. basically his point was nobody can have their perfect camp. So why not just sack it off and, and save yourself some money? Holloway's out complaining. He's talking about, oh, I can't have any sparring. I'm having to go on Zoom with my coaches, all sort of stuff. Alex has come out and said he's not really having it. He thinks it's a smokescreen. I think it's Holloway getting any excuses early. It's a strange situation we're in that Volkanovski's three years older, but I think he's the fresher fighter. Paul touched on it there. Holloway has an absolutely insane chin. You know, he's lost four fights, twice the the Poirier, once to, or sorry, five fights, twice the Poirier, once to McGregor, once to someone else, and then obviously to Volkanovski. But he's gone the distance with these guys. These guys are big punchers. McGregor's one of the biggest punchers, probably the biggest puncher the featherweight division's ever seen. Poirier's a big punch and lightweight. He went, I think, stepping up there is probably the worst decision he's made, because I think the best we saw of Holloway was the two fights with Aldo where he wiped the floor with Aldo and then he w- it was a it was a tough fight with Ortega but I think after the first round Holloway was kind of comfortable and he picked him off and, and Ortega got stopped by the doctor and really done him a favour he looked incredible there he stepped up Poirier was too big for him he beat him up for five rounds and Holloway having such a good chin probably cost him he has a lot of wear and tear on that chin do you, do you think there's, a, do you think there's any bit. confidence issues there Al? You know, you've you've went thir- you win thirteen on the bounce, and all of a sudden you lose the lightweight title fight to Dustin, which he was probably got on for to try and put that wrong right. 
and then he gets a win back against Frank Yeager, then he loses again. If you're used to winning all the time and you lose two two fights in quite you know close proximity, do you think it's doing anything to his confidence? Do you think that's why there's sort of mentions about his camp or? One hundred percent. I think his confidence is probably taking a knock, and I think. Obviously, I don't know him personally, but I think he's probably seeing it himself in training that he isn't what he was. Um, and to talk about how strong Volkanovski is, Volkanovski at five foot six when he's turned the MMA, he, as an amateur, he fought at middleweight. Like he fought up there with in the weights with the likes of Adesanya and Whitaker, them big old boys who are tough. And even four no, and okay, it's amateur, but he's still fighting what forty pounds higher and winning. He started his professional career as a welterweight. He's came down from middleweight, welterweight, lightweight, and now he caught him to featherweight. And he is solid. Like, is it any wonder that he has beaten boys up whenever he started his career 40 points higher and winning? Um, yeah, well, David mentioned that. He mentioned, you know, the, the, the weight cut, and he mentioned if he's done it slowly, he's going to keep a lot of his power and a lot of his muscle if he's cut down slowly. And if he's been fighting at different weight classes and slowly moving down... That man is going to be a very thick unit. Yeah, I think he, he came in to the UFC. I think his first fight in the UFC was it was it lightweight, but that was four years ago. He slowly brought himself down from being a 215 pounder, as David mentioned, to starting fighting at 185, to cutting down slow. And while only being like he's a short featherweight, but he has them big long arms. He is strong as a bull. So I, I think this is the time that Holloway, he's a lot of wear and tear. He's only 28, but he is an old 28. He's had some wars with some big punchers. You don't get thumped by Connor for three rounds, by Poirier for five rounds, and then by Volkanovski for five rounds and not have some sort of long-lasting wear and tear there. Um, I think this will be the fight that... Finally, Holloway's chin cracks. I hope I'm wrong. I really like Holloway. I'm a Volkanovski fan, but I'd love to see Holloway get one last run at it. But I think he's had his time. I think Volkanovski, despite being 31, is fresh. He hasn't really been in many wars, bar obviously the last Holloway fight. He hasn't taken much punishment. He is strong and fit. And I, I think he... I, I think... I don't really often call a corner stopping it but I think somebody whether it's the, whether it's the doctor or the corner or the ref pull Holly out three or four rounds in here because he just cannot keep up with, with the pace anymore I think if this was prior to the Poirier fight Holly would probably have, have won this but I think he's just taken too much damage Volkanovski's too strong too fresh and either beats him up on the feet or if it goes to the ground. There's no way Max can 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 deal with him there, despite the fact that Volkanovski hasn't got the best like ground game. He's a brown belt in jiu-jitsu, I think, and maybe had a little bit of a wrestling background. But he mainly played rugby league. He was a semi-pro rugby league player before he switched across. But I I really fear for Max in this fight as much as it pains me to say, because he's had a great career. He's great fun to watch. Um, but I, I think this is his time at the top finished after after. Um, next Saturday night so we have I think we've pretty much got four for Volkanovski here am I wrong anyone did anyone else no, predict Max no. I think we're so it's good. an absolute certainty that Max Holloway wins by second round PK <laughs> maybe um, clo- closing thoughts um, I'll go with you first David we've, I've t- we've talked about what I, I think this Volkanovski Holloway could be fight of the night 
give me a prediction for fight of the night and give me a prediction for if you were putting money on give me a bet of the night bet of the night I'd go Masvidal Masvidal KO in the second round it's your bet of the night and fight that's my bet of the night and uh, fight of the night yeah I gotta say Max Holloway and Volkanovski, because like you guys are saying, Max Holloway's got a great chin on him. He has been through some wars, and we might see that chin crack, but we might not. He might stand there and take punishment, just like we saw Tony, uh, Tony Ferguson take punishment. But he's going to be sending punishment right back at Volkanovski, so I think that's going to be a really good fight for us to see. I don't think Volkanovski's going to even try to take it to the ground. I don't think he knows much groundwork, uh, like I heard Paul or Alan say. And I don't know much about Holloway's ground, but he hasn't showed much off in the past. He's just a stand-up guy, so he's going to try to get the best of him and hoping hoping probably that, you know, uh, Volkanovski gets tired holding all that muscle. And he can hopefully in the later rounds start to, start to land some heavy shots and uh, get him tired and, like, switch the pace up on him. But fight of the night, definitely Volkanovski match Holloway. Paul, we've already got your bet of the night. Give me it again, but also give me your fight of the night. So my bet of the night is Jan uh, to knock Aldo White in the first two rounds. Yeah. I think Aldo will wait. Uh, the weight drop. Jan is a powerful hitter. I think he's going to come out, make a statement, and knock him out early. Um, so that would be my bet of the night fight of the night has to be the hallway fight I think you know I've already said about the, the disadvantage that he said you know it could be a smoke screen he could be you know playing mind games and maybe he has been sparred and you know but as I was listening to Alan's point sir you know I was thinking as well could that be what hallway needed you know everyone in that weight class Apart from McGregor, where it went the distance, Holloway's got the better off. So did he maybe just take his foot off the gas a wee bit? He didn't go in, think, you know, he maybe thought he was untouchable in that weight division. And that loss is the setback that he needed to come back to dominate once again. A bit like uh, DC and Steve Bay. Um, when Steve Baker beat, you know, going into the second fight, I don't think anyone gave him a chance because of the way he got knocked out. And look what he did, you know. And I think everyone wants that trilogy fight uh, with Holloway, you know, because the first fight was so good. We're all hoping the second fight's so good, but it's only gonna we're only gonna get the trilogy fight if Holloway can beat him. So I think that'll be fighting the night. Can't see Holloway changing. Why change something that's worked for him the whole time? They need some slight adjustments, but I don't think, in terms of his approach, he's going to stand up. He's going to try and control the pace. A lot of volume, a lot of shots he's going to try and land, but unfortunately, I can't see him winning it. But that's my fight of the night. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Alan, fight of the night and bet of the night? Um, I'd love to to say something different um, and have an outside of the box pick here but Volkanovski and Holloway th- th- their styles mesh so well they both want to stand up they both want to trade they both want to bang 
unless it goes early or someone's completely off their game, it can't fail to be a great fight. Um, so you, you've got to kind of go with that one. Um, as as five, I'd be very surprised if it isn't an absolute barnstormer again. I think I'm probably um, well, well, take a fight tonight honors. In terms of my battle tonight, well, we'll we'll go for odds. Um, the fact that Holloway's never been knocked out means that Volkanovski is pretty good odds. He's ten to three, or for the benefit of, of David, that would be plus three thirty, I believe. Um, for for a Volkanovski knockout, I'm going to go one step further. I'm going to go for the big money bet. Volkanovski round four, twenty two to one, or plus two thousand two hundred if we're going for American odds. Volkanovski round four, Bella Knight. One person to watch out for on the card. We haven't touched on the undercard very much. Although there is a guy called Danny Henry fighting at featherweight, guy from Edinburgh, Scotland. Always like seeing British fighters coming through and beating his last fight, but he's got a couple of wins. Fresh coming off, and he takes a big win, and maybe gets a mention from Dana in performance of the night bonuses. It's a big shout. It's a big shout. And just before we wrap up, I have one more question for each of you, and it's a bit of a curveball. I'm just going to throw this in at. The one of the last UFC cards, we've seen two phenomenal knockouts. We've seen, we've seen Sean, is it Sean O'Malley with a knockout? Yeah. And yeah. Um, we've seen Cody Garbrandt. Who had the better knockout? <laughs> Don't all shout out at once. Who had the better knockout? What do you think? I can go. I say Garbrandt. <laughs> one for Garbrandt. Yeah. I, I think... In terms of wow factor for watching on TV, Garbrandt's got you off the edge. He was like, "Whoa, that is a proper like." It reminded me a bit of like a wee mini Engano whenever he took out Overeem. It was that big wind up uppercut that came from like last Tuesday and, and cleaned him out. In terms of pure technique, being a boxing fan, Sean O'Malley's technique—not just the punch, but the setup before it—was just pure and smooth, and he didn't. I love a knockout where it doesn't even look like they're trying. Like Garbrandt w- really wound his up and took his head off, and it looked really cool. It was like something a street fighter, and um, you almost needed him to go Hogan as he hit that punch. But uh, in in terms of pure technique, there's nothing cooler for me than a punch that doesn't even look like they're trying, and it barely even looked like O'Malley broke sweat just to land but he timed it perfectly set it up nicely where we fake beforehand and just straight down the pipe so so I, I like the Mollies just for the technique by the way what a fight them two would be if they got together next there's talk of it yeah. that's a fight it, it'll never have any pay-per-view but that's a fight I'd pay to watch yeah big oh, time yeah. Paul what's knockout yeah you I uh, agree with Alan O'Malley you know I think he actually did the the no look walk away after. Yeah, the the, the walk away after is what got me with O'Malley's. Yeah, you know he he hit him and to me that just shows how hard he hit him. He knew once he landed, you know he's not getting up. I don't even have to jump on him here, and it was it was perfect. Uh, he swung a couple of kicks before that, you know, and he was feeling them out. And uh, again, I think Alan touched it on it all. O'Malley's. O'Malley for me. Yeah, I mean, 
I can't argue with the O'Malley points with the with the walk away, the faint, the setup. I can't argue with any of that. But the reason I would personally go with um, Garbrandt was the timing of it. Was it the last second of the round? Mm. Like that, that for me yeah, was that, yeah. that that for me swayed it. You know, uh, to me it was very close, but just because it was that last second, it was almost like the Korean Zombies won a couple of maybe a year ago. I think we were at the yeah. pub together, David. We watched that, and it was just the, oh, la- yeah. the last second of the last round. Last second, and oh, he was free back elbow. Yeah, and he was yeah, losing that fight elbow, probably, yeah. and he, he just fired fight, that yeah. elbow up, and that was it. That was all she wrote. <laughs> yeah. It was good to see him getting that uh, Garbrandt getting that win, though. You know, he fights a lot in the motions, doesn't he? Really? Yeah. Where but it just loses it and just starts swinging. But starts brawling, yeah. Yeah, I think that I was more composed. It, it, it was more timed, I thought. <coughs> I think um, you. I listened, obviously, to the podcast you did with David, and I think you, you maybe touched on it without even realising. The two Dillashaw fights took a lot away from him. He had been unbeaten. He was cruising through. He got knocked out by Dillashaw, but he was kind of doing well in the first fight and then fought in pure emotion. His confidence probably took a knock, came back in the moon Munoz was it beat him after that he could knock it again yeah yeah. I think his confidence probably took a big knock but then he went very quiet for a while but suddenly Dillashaw popped for for PEDs and Garbrandt was back being like look I've been beat twice by a guy who's drugged up to the eyeballs I don't really count him as losses anymore and maybe reset his whole mindset of okay I took those losses but I wasn't on an even playing field he seemed to have the swagger back a bit in the lead up to that Asinio fight um, whereas before very then, true yeah. He was, he was. So maybe he's got that thing in his head where actually, I got beat by a cheater. I'm still damn good at this game, and I think he's dangerous for anyone at the top if he if he's on form. He picked off Dominic Cruz in his eleventh fight. Like he was green as the grass coming in fighting one of the best to ever do it that weight. Yeah. Big Garbrandt fan would love to see him back near the top. Would love to see him with O'Malley despite the fact I'm a fan of both of them, but. Delighted to see Garbrandt get that win back. He's he's someone that I have a lot of time for. Yeah, he definitely did. Yeah, he definitely did fight on emotion. Like I remember even just watching the build up, you know, the Dillashaw Garbrandt, both of them, because I was always a fan of TJ, and I watched the better one. Yeah, I watched the whole Ultimate Fighter series because it was them two as the team captain. But I remember the build up to the actual fight, you know, the like the week off, the embedded stuff, and yeah. just watching it, I was like, "You're he's too emotional." He's all. He's just focused on hurting Dillashaw. He's not thinking this is a fight and there's rules and there's ways to beat people and there's ways to slow people down to chop people down. There's ways to catch them. All this sort of stuff. Yeah. I just thought TJ went in with, with the idea that he's just going to come out swings. He doesn't like me and I'm going to pick him off. And in fairness, TJ got very very lucky when that bell went on that yeah, first fight in that first round definitely definitely that's safe saved by the bell right there yeah 100 yeah. percent. but yeah um, w- way back to what you all said you talked about the emotion and i watching that build up i went he's beat before he goes in because he is just coming out swings he doesn't like this guy yeah it had a bit of a wrestling background to it though didn't it as in terms of the the build up you know it felt like it was a WWE production. It really did. I remember, like that yeah. Ultimate Fighter, and they were like having. There was even I don't if you I don't know if you watched an Ultimate Fighter, but there was a, there was an episode where they had the stand. It was almost like gladiators. They had yes. the stand on a podium in the water and like yeah. and knock each other off. off. A guard prompt was swinging as if he's trying to kill the man. Like he was just so intent on beating him. And I remember just watching him being like he's so emotionally invested in hurting him. 
and I, I agree with what you said. I really like him. I really like him. I think he'd be very good if he got back towards the top of the card and in those big fights because he is such a good fighter. And I, I know he's fought Dillashaw twice, but I would love a third. I'd love to watch a third between them two. Does Dillashaw ah. come back though? You know, I think he does. I think he has enough in his not like just in his name in terms of what he's done in the business to get back in. And we all know that Dana doesn't seem to worry too much about you know anyone who's broke the rules provided to serve the time yeah uh, apparently Dana's told him he gets a title something his back now this is from the mouth of TJ Dillashaw so whether that's true or not or that's just him talking himself up but apparently he's been told he'll go straight back into a title fight which I really hope isn't true um, I think I'm a big advocate of, of major bans and I'm glad he got a two year ban but he shouldn't just be allowed to walk back in. He should have to work his way back up. And I, I, I follow him on Instagram, and he he does do a lot of. He does. He has those big monster truck tires, and he's always out up and down the street flipping those tires or pulling sleds and stuff. He does seem to be working very very hard to keep himself in shape. So, I, I think he comes back, and I don't know who or when or who that would be against. Like, but I definitely do think he comes back and throws himself into some form of big name fight anyway. Yeah, it's a, it's the nature of the beast. He probably does just go straight into a big name fight, but a um, big advocate of major bands. Uh, it's not like cycling or running or something where you pop for steroids and you're just cheating the competition. It'll take till someone dies probably from someone that's taking steroids to be taken seriously. Uh, you see, UFC's a little bit better at it. Obviously, Dillish got a two-year ban. Um, Jones got a year before. Boston's yes. a nightmare for it where they only get like yeah Diaz got done for like five years for cannabis which is crazy when you think that people are taking performance launching drugs and getting like four months in boxing it's nuts yeah. um, <laughs> I think you should get once should be like two years and you work your way back up and then the second time you should be gone but hey you know, that's probably a podcast for another time yeah. <laughs> for the next time someone pops big before a fight um, <laughs> but uh, yeah Dillashaw I hope he gets knocked out the next time he fights Cody <laughs> yeah, same. But me too. I think the, I think the third fight will happen. It's more a case of when, not if. And I, yeah. I hope Cody gets his gets his revenge. Yeah, 100% agree. Well, gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure as always to have all of you back on the podcast. I think it's all of your second time on the podcast. So, or no, Paul, it's your third. Appreciate all of you giving up your Sunday afternoon slash Monday morning for you two in the UK. I know Alan's specifically you're up for work in a few hours so i appreciate your time go to bed get some shut eye and get some much needed beauty sleep Al. well do been a pleasure <laughs> thanks so much for having me again always a pleasure and um, guys have a good night and i'm really looking forward to ufc 251 yeah. at fight island it's actually just a place they've had three other ufc events yeah <laughs> rock on dana yeah you promote that for dana their own <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Paul, thanks. I'm assuming you'll be up for a few hours yet. I know you're you're a night owl. No, um nah, like I said, the monsters wore off me. I've uh, talked that much rubbish. I've talked myself into a coma here, I think, so <laughs> bed the bed for me. Um, but yeah, it'll be just a, it'll be interesting to see all these predictions next week. Well, we should, we should maybe do a review show and listen to ourselves and sort of critique where we all went wrong. <laughs> no way, man, and Paul's betting history. Anyone listening, please do not follow our betting advice because it's hopeless. Well, I, think, I think all four of us the most of the fights apart from the Masvidal. Yeah, we have. We've sort of been pretty, pretty aligned, actually, apart from the Masvidal-Burns fight. I think David 
said Masvidal and then Alm changed yeah. and went Masvidal. I'll probably change my mind eight times between now and next week around that Masvidal fight. I'm pretty I'm pretty set still the other ones. You know, Embedded, that, usually that's what does it for me. Whenever I watch the Embedded ser- uh, series, by the end of it, I'll know who I'm going for. At the start, I could be miles off of who I'm picking, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the interesting bit, Al, is whenever you come back on, if we do another one of these shows, Al, you'll be back on being like, yeah, I told you, I got it right last time. Did I not say Masvidal? <laughs> or else you'll be like, did I not say Usman? You know, I was only Jugglman instead of change my mind. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just uh, have a little signed clip of whatever one ends up being right. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with Masvidal at the minute. That'll probably change a couple of times between them and them. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sentimentalist. I'm all for, like, fate aligning and just... I like that little snippet about the fact that Masvidal moved back to Volta Weight on the night that Usman won the Ultimate Fighter, and I think Masvidal just has—he's a sneaky little character, he's a proper gangster, and <laughs> um, he likes his Scarface stuff. He—he—he's a proper gangster. He has something going on there. He knows something that we don't, and he comes out and, and takes Usman out. <laughs> he wins on points though. He doesn't knock him out. He wins on points, split decision. He's complained so much about not getting decisions in the UFC, always getting beat when it goes five rounds. That's fixing judges' heads. He'll get it. He'll get the decision this time. Should I cut that out and put it back with a preview, or are you just going off on one? That's that's. You can put that back in the preview. If you can put that in there. David, what happens? Go ahead, Paul. You said something there. We could be doing all this talking, and you never know. Yeah. COVID nineteen could affect everything once again. Yeah, there's no fight island. Um, David, appreciate your time as well. I know you're probably eagerly anticipating the return of your fiance from her handy up in uh, Kelowna. I assume you'll be getting a very hungover fiance back. Um, so, hope, <laughs> so I hope you're well prepared for um, a night of catering to her needs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Plenty of carbs, David. Plenty of carbs. Yeah, plenty of carbs. I'll go get some cookies. <laughs> have some cookies and coffee and water and try not to eat any myself. <laughs> <laughs> Just avoid. Like, oh, I got you some cookies. Uh, sorry, but I ate them. I really enjoyed listening to your, your podcast. I only actually finished it on Friday. Um, I, I was on a boat for eight hours so I, I listened it was really good I enjoyed it uh, it was it was very I'm not and wow. if I don't know if you remember me from that I'm really not in any way shape before my bodybuilder I'm like the side of a five pound note but yeah it, it was good to listen to it it was intriguing yeah nice man I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad you liked it inspiring we'll say inspiring I like can't wait to come over home and see you now at the gym because you heard David's podcast come and see me in my thong as I go more like bodybuilding now <laughs> like like the next Chris <laughs> 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 well gentlemen it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much once again for your time no worries take it easy boys thank you for listening to the podcast with me your host Darren please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the podcast thanks for your time stay safe and tune in next time <laughs>